When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. I'm Andrew Musgrove and as usual joined by John Gibson and it's Borussia Dortmund, the visitors to St. James's Park on Wednesday in the Champions League. Another sentence, John, that I didn't think I'd be saying this early on in the project. Another sentence that still doesn't seem all that real. Just how excited are you to be welcoming Borussia Dortmund to Tyneside? Fabulous, absolutely fabulous, because the Champions League is something extra special. And the way we've approached the Champions League and the results we've got, I mean, anticipation for the Borussia Dortmund game is absolutely sky high. Expectations are also raised because we were so wonderful last time out, 4-1 Paris Saint-Germain. If you take a, a form line through it, they lost on the opening day 2-0 to Paris, albeit in Paris, um, and we were at home. But yes, I mean, it's it's incredible, isn't it? Not only did we make um, the Champions League in one season after being relegation for it, but right now, as we go to what will be the halfway stage of the groups uh, by the time this game's over, this is a game, would we have ever said this uh, to be truthful, Andrew, this is a game of top v bottom, and we're the ones top, and they're the ones bottom. If the table, I know it's early doors, and I know we can get. We, some people say we're getting carried away, but we've got a right to be carried away after the length of time we've waited. We've won one, drawn one. Goal goals record is four one. They've drawn one, lost one, and they haven't scored at all. So. I mean, you know, to be able to say that, I'm not underestimating them by any chance I'm, I isn't that, but to be able to say that, I just wanted to say it, to hear myself saying it, because it's terrific. We are not just in the Champions League, we're top of the group. Yeah, it's fantastic. And to be talking about Borussia Dortmund coming to Tyneside, and like you say, we're not underestimating them, but we're not fearing this game. You know, I think when Paris arrived, you were kind of thinking, OK, look, very good side. Um, and we'll see what we can get out of it. Newcastle are good, but Paris are Paris. But after watching Newcastle just dismantle PSG and the form they've got in the Premier League, 
yes, Borussia Dortmund are still one of the best sides in Europe, but you know, I think they'll be coming to St James's Park more in more wary of of what might happen to them than rather than Eddie Howe fearing what might happen to Newcastle United. Yeah, I mean, for them, it's a must-win game. They've only got one point out of six. They can't stand one point out of nine, else they're going out. So for them, they're playing catch-up, having not had a win yet, having not had a draw yet. And so they will be much more apprehensive than we are. Uh, To bring a sense of reality to the occasion, and I'm not sure I want to bring a sense of reality because I enjoy just basking in it all, this lot will work harder than Paris Saint-Germain did, you know. They 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 lived on their egos. They had all the big stars, but did they want to be there? I mean, you know, did my puppy want to be here? Uh, not at Newcastle, I mean, with Paris Saint-Germain. Um, you know, and, and when the going went against them, a lot of them just stacked down. Uh, I, you won't find Borussia Dortmund doing that. They will fight from the first whistle to the last whistle. So in some ways they'll be much more dangerous than, than Paris Saint-Germain were. Yes, indeed. And I think they would have watched the PSG game and also kind of seen the, the impact that the crowd had and the, the, the atmosphere that was inside the ground, the way that Newcastle United players wanted the ball more, you know, straight away that first challenge and whipping the crowd up. And they would have taken lessons away from the way PSG approached the game because in many ways, I think PSG underestimated what that 12th man, you know, brought to the game and also just the desire and want of this Newcastle United squad and you know in many ways it's no longer a secret so you you will think uh Borussia Dortmund will definitely be aware and definitely know what to expect and it's it's interesting there John you mentioned about the fact that they've got the win because as you say they've only got a point on the board and already you know some of their star players are talking about um how much this game means. And you've got Julian Brandt, who's arguably, you know, their star player at the moment, a left winger. He scored at the weekend, scored the only goal against Winder Bremen. And he has said, the group is so wild that anything can happen, but we absolutely need a victory. Now, look, he's probably always going to say that, some would argue, but the fact that he is saying that, I mean, they're well aware this is a must-win game. How much pressure is that putting on themselves huge huge pressure because it's away from home the way the ball's bounced they've only got one point and they're playing away from home at the most passionate club in their group funnily enough and through the next game we'll find out their passion because unless they're so far deflated by the result up here and please let that be so they get 80,000 and they're really a fan based club and they will produce the yellow wall, etc. They'll produce this a heck of an atmosphere in their own stadium for us to face, which makes it, in some ways, a must-win for us. Because if we are going to get through, we're going to get through on home results. We've got to try to win with three home games, and anything away is a bonus. So we want to win this, because after this, two of the three games we've got are away from home. And... They will produce and whip up a tremendous atmosphere in Dortmund. So we've possibly got the best two lots of, of fans in our group playing each other. And interesting that they took the full, the full allocation of tickets. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain didn't. Um, you know, so that shows how blase that club is. This will be tough. 
we've also got to remember that domestically, they're in as good a form as us. They have played eight games in the Bundesliga. They've won six, drawn two, lost none. We, in my last eight games in the leagues and cup, have uh, got exactly the same record. Six wins and two defeats. And I was having a little smile when um, I was reading about the Borussia Dortmund and uh, what critics were saying in Germany. They said, well, they've won six out of eight now and beaten, but they haven't played too well. I bet they're not too worried about that. I mean, results are top rate. Now, if they can play scrappy at Newcastle and win, they would be thrilled a bit. The ultimate is to, is to play wonderfully and win, as we did against Crystal Palace. But if you can't, you go for the result rather than the performance. Yeah, do you think, I mean, you do, and like you say, it, it, the result is what matters in the end of the Newcastle play rubbish on Wednesday and still get the win, then we'll all be smiling at the end of it. Um, do you think, though, the fact that PSG have seen Newcastle just dismantle, uh, sorry, Borussia Dortmund have seen Newcastle just dismantle PSG with relative ease, um, will they be will they be scared or will they be fearing coming to Tyneside? Oh, I, they've got to be because... If you watch that game, I mean, there's loads of games where you get a surprise result um, and it maybe it's a decent performance. But that the whole of that night clicked into what was perfection. The atmosphere on the terraces with war flags, the anticipation of the crowd, the electricity that was felt before a ball was kicked. I mean, that turned every Newcastle player into a giant. I mean, Kieran Trippier was six foot eight, the same as is Burn, and he's normally lucky to be five foot eight. Bless him, but what a player! Uh, and everybody turned into a giant that night because the atmosphere was perfect, and that's what'll worry them. They 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 could dismiss like uh, oh Paris Saint Germain. It was a one off good day for Newcastle. Paris Saint Germain went at the races. We, we needn't fear too much. That was unrealistic. If they watched the the video of it, and by the way, if I was if I was their manager, I'm not certain I would show the players the video. Or they might be terrified before they come here. If you showed them the video and Newcastle were able to produce the same sort of performance, both on on the pitch and on the terraces, then they're in big big trouble. Of course, they'll be afraid. They've got to be afraid. They're human beings. And I do wonder whether the the teams like Borussia Dortmund, like AC Milan, like PSG, I mean, they wouldn't admit this publicly, but they looked at Newcastle as the weak link. They looked at Newcastle as the team most likely that they were going to maybe bag six points off. And Newcastle have gone to Milan and they defended well. They got the point. They've then just, you know, absolutely destroyed PSG. It could have been more than four. They were they dominated. It wasn't a lucky performance by any stretch of the means. It was a well-planned, well-executed um, victory. And... I do wonder now whether those, well, the likes of Borussia Dortmund, Milan, PSG are, are, are kind of, you know, they're eating their own words because the, especially that game against PSG and the performance, that was the moment I think a lot of people stood up and took notice and thought, okay, Newcastle aren't just here to make up the numbers. Yeah, we. I mean, of course, to the rest of Europe, we were ranked outsiders. We're in the outsider's pot. We're in pot four, which is where they put all the duck eggs normally. And... Um, and all right, it was said we are the most powerful side there was in pot four, but nonetheless, we're in pot four. We'd never been in the Champions League for 20 years. We suddenly get fourth after being in a relegation fight for a decade and a half. 
I mean, a lot of Europe would think that was a fluke season, like when, when we finished fifth under Ashley and Pardew. That was a fluke season. But last season wasn't a fluke season with this Newcastle United side and the uh, Newcastle United owners and management. Um, and I think there was a little bit of unease that we might be better than everything suggested. But nobody thought it would be as good as this. Let me add, because I'm a great... I'm, like all of us, I'm a Jordy, and then cynicism kicks in and apprehension kicks in because of the way the years have gone by. This will be a tough match. Their home record's great. The difference between the two sides at the moment is Newcastle United in Europe and Borussia Dortmund in Europe. There's a significant gap in the performances there. But domestically, they are unbeaten. And domestically, we are top, top form. So it is not going to be easy. And as I say, they will fight a lot more than Paris Saint-Germain. Mind, most sides would fight a lot more than Paris Saint-Germain. And, and, and it is the German way anyway, you know, to, to, to be confrontational and to give you a battle for an hour and a half. So it will be a tough match. But everything being equal, Newcastle have got an undoubted edge in order to come out on top. How key is it, do you think, for Eddie Howe and his Newcastle United side that, the from their point of view, and then we'll get on to the fans' point of view, but from the players' point of view and the, the, the coaching staff, that there doesn't seem to be this element of fear of these big clubs. Now, is it difficult for Eddie Howe to make sure complacency doesn't come in? Because sometimes if you're fearful, you're more on your toes, you're more aware, you can be more focused. Or do you think... He's got them in such good shape that actually he doesn't need that need that fear factor to make sure they're in good shape. Newcastle don't need the, the fear factor to make them quality. What he's got to make certain is the exact opposite. That we're not over and he will make certain, by the way, but that we're not overconfident and think, oh, we've just got to go out there and we'll come off an hour and a half later and we've won. I don't believe for one second Newcastle have that in this particular squad. And the wonderful thing I found, they're going in, into the match in a perfect scenario by the way they dismantled Crystal Palace. Everybody thought, will Newcastle have one eye on Borussia Dortmund and think they can showboat a little bit about Crystal Palace, the great North Norders from last season, three North Nords. It'll be, could be difficult, but could be caught on the hop. We just went out there and blew Crystal Palace away. The football was stunning. We were one up in, in four minutes. We were three up by half time. We showcased after that. Just We didn't show both. We didn't show off in the second half. We, we, we game plan was brilliant. We just killed the game. And that was the end of that. And we could make the subs. And by the way, I loved the subs. You know why? Because they were quality. How long have we had quality to come off the bench like we had against Palace? Every sub that went on was quality. We've normally got a shallow bench in the past. Every sub was quality. Uh, so, you know, that was so lovely to see. And that was with injuries taken out Willick and, and Barnes and Botman as well. So it shows how different the squad is to what it was then. I think Newcastle are in a groove. They're not a bunch that gets complacent or egotistical. And they don't need fear to win. They've had no fear all season and they've won six of the last eight. 
Yeah, very true. And you, you, you're right there about the squad depth. And it's great to see Eddie Howe's got the options. Just finally on, on, on Dortmund, because now we're going to kind of look at it from the Newcastle point of view. And we have got a view from the opposition coming up by a, a Bundesliga expert, Ben McFadden. So that'll be out on Wednesday morning. Um, but John, as a Newcastle United fan sitting here talking about Borussia Dortmund coming to St. James's Park, I have no nervousness in my stomach. There's nothing in the pit of it. Like, how do I? Are you are you, are you getting used to this feeling where you're kind of just like, okay, this is Newcastle United. It's absolutely wonderful. I mean, I used to have uh, fear in the pit of my stomach when West Bromwich Albion were coming to St James's Park, uh, and to, you know, oh God, if we don't win this one, we're going to be in a real relegation fight, and it's going to be tough because they're decent and all that sort of nonsense which is behind us, and isn't that an absolutely wonderful thing? It's a terrific feeling not to have that fear. And one of the reasons we haven't got the fear is we, we don't expect and we know we won't get complacency. And if we don't get complacency, we are in with, with a real chance against any side home or away, whether it's in the Premier League or it's in the Champions League. I don't mean we're going to win every game or anything stupid like that but we're going to be at the races every time we go out there. And how long is it since we said that? We are at the races, whoever will play it. And, and that is a terrific feeling. And yes, you need a little bit of luck, like they don't get two in the first 10 minutes because something goes ridiculously wrong. I haven't forbid somebody gets sent off or whatever, whatever. Of course, things can change. But all things being equal, we actually go into this match as favourites. In the Champions League against Borussia Dortmund, who only lost the Bundesliga title last season on goal difference. Mind that, Jude Bellingham in that side, eh? on goal difference. So, you know, it, this is no easy push. And we've played AC Milan as seven times winners, and we've played Paris Saint Germain with all their record, now Dortmund. And we're more than holding road. Uh, we're in the driving seat, and that is terrific. And that is even probably more than we expected at the end of last season. We've qualified for the Champions League, but by Joe, this is a step up. This is going to be a mountain to climb. Then when we go and get the draw, we're told it's a group of death. It's a wonderful group for fans because with every team we're playing has a history and is a terrific team of stature. But it was a group of death because we are supposed to think there's not one of the matches we are going to, if the six matches we are going to play, we can guarantee winning. And then we'll go out there and it's a whole different ball game. And that is wonderful. And we've got a right to, to bask in it. The difference is Geordies aren't being big-headed and going around saying this, that and the other and being stupid. We're being grateful. We're being confident. We're loving it. And the team reflects that feeling of the fans. We're, we're not suddenly thinking we're big-time Charlies and therefore we'll get a pancake in our face in one of these games. We're going out, enjoying the occasion. The occasion's been earned and known there's enough uh, talent within the team plus enough desire to make us competitive every game we play. Yeah, Indeed, and it, you know, it is just fantastic to be welcoming such giants to Tyneside and, and saying, come on then, let's, let, let's play the game. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. 
Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay, and so are we. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, yeah. Just, it's just tremendous, and I can't wait to see what how Wednesday plays out. In terms of, of, of Newcastle then, John, you mentioned there the Crystal Palace game. Um, there were a few changes made. I suppose the one that really stood out was Jacob Murphy in from Almiron. Almiron came on, um, had a chance to score. Um, some actual great defending for once in the game from Tyreek Mitchell, who had an awful game otherwise, but he did manage to stop Almiron um, getting that shot off as well as he, as he would have liked. I suppose that's the the big question. I think of of the starting eleven, John. Is is it, is it Jacob Murphy or is it Miguel Almiron on Wednesday? That's the big decision for Eddie. I mean, normally he is very susceptible to spreading the load when it is sort of weekend, midweek, weekend. Um, but if I had to take out a crystal ball, and I mean, when we do that, nobody, and I mean, nobody ever gets it right because. All the guessing of the team to play Palace, we got 10 of the 11 right, but then he throws in Murphy, which is a total out of the blue curveball, and it's a different setup. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think Pope's naturally the goalkeeper. The back four will be the same with no Bachman, which means Lascelles continues in there. The midfield, I would suggest, would be the same, which uh, Longstaff, Puno, and Joe Linton if the feeling is he can play two games in four days, having had this long spell off before that, and of course he could start and come off later, Anderson's the cover there, then the situation is up the the front three. And the biggest uh, one out of that is Almirin or Murphy. And um, and of course Gordon's automatic on the left-hand side, and I think he'll play Isaac for Wilson. I don't think he'll try to give Wilson two games in four days. Now, I know you're... He's not. No, no, no. Well, I was going to ask you quite because we were we were talking about this on the Monday show uh, yesterday and, and one of the, the, the listeners said that they felt the Miguel Almiron and, and Jacob Murphy decision is largely based on who plays up front. So their argument was, well, Murphy benefits Wilson better 
but Miggy benefits Isaac better. I'm just wondering, do you agree with that at all? Not particularly, um, and I don't mean that nationally, and it's a good point of view. When he, the, the guy had an absolute right to have that point of view. I don't think it's about in tandem. I think Murphy and Almeida are two quality, pacey wingers, um, and they can alternate in the same way as Isaac and Wilson, who are two very different types of centre-forward, can alternate. I just think he'll start Isaac. I think he had this in mind before Paris. Look, Isaac's not quite right. He's had a knock. He's pulled out of Sweden. Uh, at long last, Callum is right and has been training for a fortnight, hasn't been away. We'll start with Callum and then we'll switch it on Wednesday because the the situation is very different with Almirin and Murphy. You haven't got to nurse one of them in the way you've got to nurse Callum Wilson. They're both fit. It's a, it's a straight choice. And, and they both stay fit, etc. With Callum, he played for a long time in that match. I was thrilled a bit he got his goal with his last kick before he come off. And Isaac was already standing on the touchline when he scored. Um, but I was pleased with that. But I think Eddie's intention was always, let's get the best out of Callum against Crystal Palace. Let's win that game. Then I'll bring Isaac in and our Callum's on the bench. And the certainty is that both of them will get pitch time against Dortmund. But I think he'll start with Isaac. Uh, I just happen to feel, uh, for no particular reason, that he'll start with Almeida. Um, and that's no slight against Murphy, who thoroughly justified, I thought he was sensational, thoroughly justified his selection, uh, not just with his goal in four minutes and not whether he meant it or not, but, but his pace... Uh, I mean, the left-back, I mean, he nearly screwed himself into the ground. He didn't have the greatest day or cover himself in glory, but Murphy off-piled in misery on him. Yeah, no, he did, and, you know, two assists for Murphy as well as the goal. And I said, on again, on, on the Monday show that if it was me making the decisions, I'd play Murphy on the right wing, but I do think he'd play Almiron. I think that was what the initial plan was. I think it's absolutely fantastic that actually they go into training on that Sunday morning and Murphy can quite rightly kind of say, hey, boss, I've given you something to think about now, you know, because I, I, I put in that man of the match performance up top. I think it'll be Isaac. Um, Aaron Stokes said he would play the same team um, that he, that, that played on Saturday. And I, I agreed with him as well, but I do think it'll be Isaac simply because as you say, John, they've got to manage Callum Wilson, but it's not a bad option to bring off the bench because I don't think he'll be, injured or carrying a knock, I think they just realise the long-term strategy is you've got to nurse them. So If you put two games onto onto Callum's fragile frame, he wouldn't have made it fragile, but of course it is. Um, that's why he's not in the England squad at the moment. Um, but if you put two games and four days onto that frame, bearing in mind we've got to go to Wolves on uh, at the weekend after Dortmund, we're not thinking of Wolves yet, but we have to then we've got to spread the load. And we're in a wonderful position where we've got two people that can play through the middle striker. They are both internationals and both very, very capable. But in some ways, you know, Isaac's style of play is more suited to Europe than, than Callum Wilson's is. And Callum Wilson's is very much suited to the Premier League. Um, so, I mean, I think, for what it's worth, and it doesn't matter, 
um, for what it's worth, he'll go. Will he'll go? Almere and Isaac Gordon. But if he went, if he went, Murphy, Wilson, uh, Gordon, I wouldn't be crying into my beer. I, I would say we'll still win. Um, but I, I, that's what I think he'll do. And I just want to pick you up on something that you just said just uh, a moment ago about Almiron and Murphy being two quality wingers. And I think a lot of people will hear that and maybe take a moment and a step back and just think, goodness me, what is the magic that Eddie Howe has in his pocket? Because if, if we'd said to, if you'd said to me, yeah, and if we'd said to our listeners, you know, two and a half years ago, three years ago, or even even just when the takeover had happened, that these you two players... Laughed at us, Andrew, if we'd suggested their quality. And and by the way, at that stage, quite rightly so. But I tell you what, this fellow, I mean, somebody bought him a magic wand for last Christmas, didn't they? Um, because they would have also laughed on us if we'd shouldn't, if, if one of us had said two years ago that Joe Linton would become Brazilian international. And People Sean would Longstaff laugh. At with a shout of an England, England squad. I mean, there's so I many. Mean, Oh, there's so, there's so many you can go down that route. And uh, yes, absolutely right. And there's one man I do want to focus on because um, I had the pleasure of, of, of catching the match on, on Saturday against Palace with your good pal, Frank Clark. And he was raving about Jamal Lascelles. And, you know, everyone knows I've been a big fan of Lascelles, especially over the last few weeks. I think he stepped up to the plate and he, another good performance against Palace. I know he didn't have too much to do, but what he did, he did very well. Um, you look assured on the ball as well. And then we go back to the, the game against PSG. He was an absolute man mountain. And again, you know, we're saying about Eddie Howe turning players into superstars. He's done exactly the same with Lascelles. And we're sitting here with our best defender, unlikely to feature against one of the best sides in Europe. And yet we're not, as you would say, John, crying into my beer about it because we're backing Jamal Lascelles to put in another shift, another fantastic performance. Yeah, the uh, cells has done beyond my wildest dreams since he come back into the side. I mean, I'm so like the Geordie in me keeps crossing my fingers and crossing my toes that it, there's no reverting to nature sometime in the future, inexplicably in one of the games. But I, I think the mentality that Eddie Howe brings to the team, the positivity he brings to players, and Steve Bruce not deliberately, but brought negativity to players. He brought a fear factor. He didn't do it deliberately, but, but they went away fearing what might happen. Lascelles went away and he, all he wanted was a big group around him, players either side of him and somebody behind him to cut off the space and etc. etc. because that's the way Newcastle were playing. There's a positivity. People are told, like Joe Linton, like Almirian, like Lascelles, like Longstaff, you're, you can be quality. You've got no reason to fear at this level. And then that becomes a thing. Now, the secret with Lascelles is the same as the secret with Byrne, and that is do the simple things well and keep it simple. Don't suddenly decide you have a ball playing centre-half, come out from the back with the ball too often, flick it up your trouser leg, try to hit a messy pass or a or Beckham pastor, they, that, that near that. Don't dwell too long on the ball. Do the simple things well and you're an effective player. That's what Ben does. That's what Lascelles does now. Um, but, but don't suddenly decide that you're yeah, Maxi 
and you want to go on a mazy run and flick it up your trouser leg because then you will get very, very, very exposed. Or don't suddenly think that you're Fabian Chair and can do that because he, he can do because it. He can. Maybe in, not, in, maybe in, not ourselves. But yeah, tremendous to see him doing so well and it's just another uh, tip to... And by the way, the Frank would love and go on about him because we've got him from Nottingham Forest, which is Frank's other club, of course. Yes, exactly. Um, Exactly, and um, but yeah, a tip to, to Eddie Howe and the coaching staff, and of course the hard work and determination of these players who who knew they probably weren't at, at, at a high level, but like you, John, like me, I, I guess no one, Joe Linton, Sean Longstaff, Jamal Lasalle included, thought they'd be playing in the Champions League with Newcastle United and looking like world beaters. It's it's still something to get your head uh, around. The interesting thing, Andrew, is that uh, a lot of these players like Lissa, just thinking of themselves, come into the team totally out of the blue. You know, they're not getting a sniff. I mean, before he went on this run of successive games, he hadn't been in the team for youngs. They suddenly come in, they do terrific, but they know that they're going back out when this guy's fit, and they accept that. If you look at the performance Lafamento had against Manchester City in the League Cup, and he knew he was out the next game because there's a fella called Trippier going to come in. And Paul Dummett was terrific as a left-sided centre-half against Manchester City in the League Cup when we beat Man City. And we've never seen him since because that is the way of life. It's in James's Park at the moment. But it is accepted by the players. This is the wonderful thing about this squad. You, a squad, by definition, is 20-odd men. It's not 11. And therefore, there's a lot that are only going to get a sniff every now and again. But they've got to have the right attitude when that chance comes along. Dummett had it, Lafamento had it, and now Lascelles has got it. But Lascelles, once Botman is up to speed, and he might have a couple of appearances as a sub off the bench just because he's been out quite a while, once he's up to speed, Lascelles goes back on the bench. But he knows that deep downside. But he's got pride, he's got... And all of a sudden, he's flipping captain in Newcastle in the Champions League. That's quite incredible. He couldn't get a game for about a year before that, and now he's captain in Newcastle in the Champions League and a successful Newcastle in the Champions League. Yeah, and he's captain to most of this unbeaten run that they're on as well. So a, a tremendous turnaround for Jamal Lasalle. And like you said, just to be able to slip into the team shows you just how hard he must have been working off the pitch. Uh, before I get your, your result prediction, John, just a word on Sandro Tonali. A lovely reception that he got when he came onto the pitch, when he first went to uh, warm up onto the pitch and then went at the end as well. At the time of recording, which has just gone half 11 on Tuesday, he has trained, it is understood, with the squad today because, of course, there's no news of this ban. It is expected in the next 24 hours or so. So it looks like it could be it, it could be very close to, to coming, but it might come after tomorrow's game. So he might even be able to feature in the squad against Dortmund, although it did look very much like a, a goodbye on Saturday. Um, what did you make of the reaction? And, and, and you know, if he's able to, to be in the squad against Dortmund and the band comes in on Thursday, would you would you, would you you have him in the squad? You could have nine in the squad, so I have him in the squad, but I wouldn't rush to put him on the field. Um, if Joe Linton plays and Anderson is also on the bench. Anderson is the first alternative for the midfield situation. I mean, what happened on Saturday was in lots of ways heartwarming, and but I felt it was totally predictable and I, I predicted it would be that way. 
A wouldn't start, B Newcastle would get try to get the match won and then bring him on so he could feel the love of the crowd, and um, that's exactly what happened. When he did come on, I watched him very very closely. He's a very talented boy, but he still looked as if he had all the cares of the world on his shoulder. And he, and quite rightly, he played the way I expected. He didn't try anything fancy or clever or showbun, and and he didn't quite. A lot of the game passed round him uh, the little short while he was on. Um, I think he's got to get his head clear and he's got to get his banner and he's got to serve it. He, he, I mean, if we're brutally truthful, this has been going on for years without huge sympathy because in addiction you must have sympathy and you must help to, to overcome that in every way possible. But he was doing this at Brezhnev and, and he's doing it at AC Milan. And there's no question he'd been doing it at Newcastle before before the inquiry was made public because by nature, addicts don't suddenly stop. They continue. So he's, but he, he has... It's very difficult to say he doesn't deserve a ban whatsoever because he's admitted to the whole situation and even betting on on football and his own teams, although he isn't hard not to lose, to win. Uh, so what's coming's coming. Um, and the sooner... To be truthful, the, the band starts, the better for him and the better for us. Um, if I would maybe have him in the nine, but I would look not to put him on against Dortmund. I th- they, he said his wonderful goodbye. Uh, they got him in front of the crowd to feel the warmth that we give our own, because he is one of our, ours. Um, he's had all that. There's no need to do all that again on Wednesday. I'd play the game straight on Wednesday and hopefully not need Sandro because the game, if the good way the game's going and that there hasn't been injuries. And with Joe Linton back in the squad and Anderson there needing to be called, there's not an urgency to, to, to have Tonali involved in the 90 minutes. There we have it then. How is Wednesday going to go, John? We're going to win. Uh, Newcastle will win. Um it sounds ludicrous, but it'll be tougher than Paris Saint-Germain, uh, the actual match, because they will fight longer and harder. Um, but I think we'll win. I don't normally give a score uh, because I think a lot of that's silly. It's just confetti in the air. But 2-0 or 2-1, um, they may well score. They are not to be underestimated. Their domestic record's wonderful. They're going to come here desperate for a result. They know what they're facing. They know what the atmosphere is going to be like. If we got an early start like we did against Crystal Palace, it's good night um, for them. There's no question about that. Uh, I think it'll it, it'll be a, a ding-dong. It'll be another great Champions League night. And I do believe that we'll win it, however tight it may be. The only thing that matters in the Champions League is that you win and uh, especially our own games and I do believe the world I agree John I think Castle will pick up all three points and take a huge step towards the next stage of the Champions League thank you as always for popping on and delivering the match preview to you guys listening and watching hit subscribe hit follow through whichever platform you join us through and head over to chroniclelive.co to give all the build up to Newcastle United versus Borussia Dortmund we'll have Eddie Howe's press conference uh, later on Tuesday and we'll have a live match blog on Wednesday afternoon as well 
for myself and John. We'll see you guys very soon.